Yes, welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan. This is our first and hopefully very many shows of which we will focus on all things League of Ireland from the Premier Division to the First Division, Women's National League, underage football and of course the most important part of the game, you the fans. Yeah, we want you the fans to start sending in voice messages on every, I suppose, and any topic that is important to you and we want to make this your show and give the fans a voice too. Now, during the show, we'll have an interview with former Bray Wanderers and St. Pat's boss, Harry Kenny. But first, I want to introduce to you my League of Ireland Big Kickoff team uh, from thebigkickoff.com. It's Nathan Doyle. How are you, Nathan? Hey, Roy. How are you? Good to be here. Thanks for having us no, again. No problem. Given all these opportunities. Very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us is Jared Mulroney from thebigkickoff.com and founder of theleagueofireland.com. Jared, how are you? I'm very well, Roy. Uh, nice, nice to be talking to yourself and Nathan. Uh, last week, Nathan wrote an article on the All Island League on thebigkickoff.com with the title "We Will See an All Island League." Or will we see an All-Ireland League? And we decided what we'll do is we'll place it into a League of Ireland Facebook group of about 13,000 fans and an Irish League Facebook group of about 10,000 fans. And while the League of Ireland fans were hands down super positive about the prospect, the Northern fans were the complete opposite. For many reasons such as... Can you imagine travelling to Cork on a Tuesday night at 7.45? Can we lose our European spots? First, an All-Ireland League and next, an All-Ireland team. No thanks. So those reasons and more made me realise that the majority of fans still don't understand the format proposed. And then I realised when I was researching it that I was a little bit behind the times myself. So, Nathan, can you update us on what the All-Ireland League is and where it stands now because it has sort of evolved over the last few months. Yeah, no, it has big time and like yourself, I found it really interesting. Like, the complete opposite between both sets of fans. Like, I knew there was, a, there was always more positivity behind it in the South than in the North but to see such a, a range, such a difference between the two was, was interesting, very interesting, I have to say. So look, as you know, all 10 Premier Division clubs have recently written to the FBI to express their desire for an All-Ireland League. This comes off the bat of 10 out of the 12 NIFL Premiership clubs still making a similar request. They've got in touch with our respective football association for them to get in touch with your way for just to get the ball rolling on the holiday of an All-Ireland League. So that means 20 out of 22 top-tier clubs on the island of Ireland have expressed some sort of interest in the All-Ireland League, which for someone that, you know yourself, I've said a couple of times to you, that uh, I am all for an All-Ireland League, I'm pretty, I'm, I think it'll be a good thing for Irish football. It's, it's good to see in the same end of pace, especially when you consider not that long ago, the IFA were completely against any talks uh, going ahead about an All-Ireland League. So that is one thing that I am um, it's good to see that some positivity 
behind it. And it seems to be gathering some speed this time around, I think. What is the format now that they're looking to, to bring in, Nathan? Um, format, I have to say, it's confusing. And I will say to people listening in, there's a fantastic video up on the All Ireland uh, Facebook page. They have some nice graphs and tables that they will walk you through it. It is, it's, it's really complex when someone's saying it to you vocally. But I'll give it a whack and we'll see how we get on. So the whole format is a split season and a knockout, and later going into a knockout cross-border tournament. So the NIFL and the League of Ireland League will be played separately, with the Premier Division being expanded to 12 teams. That will come into line with the NIFL Premiership. So each team will play two rounds of 11 games, which is 22 games in total. Um, it was pretty similar to the MLS. If we look at the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, the LMS, it's something not like the exact same, but a similar sort of blueprint if you want to go off, just to have an idea. So, when that's done, the top six teams in the NOFL and the top eight teams in the League of Ireland will then enter in a cross-border table with the points will go back to zero. So, at the moment, this is being called the King of the Ireland Tournament, but it'll more than likely be changed to a sponsor. You know, it could be like the Paddy Power Tournament or the Supermax, whatever it may be. It more than likely will be changed to a sponsorship name. Each team in that uh, King of the Jordan tournament will play each other one, with the points from these games being added to both the cross-border table and the original domestic league table. So there's two, there's two different tables, table. Nathan? There is two different tables, yes. So we're going to have the... League One Premier Division and the NOEFL Premier Division. They're going to be just, they're going to be separate, and then we're going to when start they are when start them games finish up. Like I said, the original twenty-two games in the, in the separate league finish up. Top six teams in the NOEFL and the top eight teams in the Premier Division will go into this cross-border table. Okay, and when so and when the results from where, this table will where? Sorry, Nathan, where does the where do the European spots come into? Because that's the big thing for everyone, I yeah. think. Yeah, and it's been the big thing that uh, Northern Ireland teams, that's the pretty much against, they're afraid they're going to lose the European spot. So that's going to come in at the end of this cross-border table when each team plays each other once, we'll go back to the separate table. Like I said, when someone's saying you're vocally, but when you have the visual cues, it's, not, it's pretty easy to see. Yeah. So we're going to have this. Obviously, the top the the top teams from both the NOEFL Premiership and the top teams from the League of Ireland Premier Division will go into Champions League. Okay. And then they have second place and third place going into Europa League. So they're going to keep their European spots. So they're not going to lose their European spots. No, there's still going to be three teams. Okay. From so, each. So you've got you've got going your, in going into Europe. Yeah. So you've got your your League of Ireland. You've got your Irish League. You will still have them two divisions, but halfway through the season you're going to be playing each other and you will still have your own league table yeah. but the points when you play against Limfield play against Shamrock Rovers and Limfield wins say Limfield will get the three points on their division the Northern Irish division and it still counts towards them um, getting points but there is a middle division yeah. when those teams sort of play each other and the points are added into that as well is that correct? Yeah that's a perfect example like I said if Limfield win if Limfield beats Shamrock Rovers yeah Limpe will get three points added onto the domestic league and into this into this uh, kin of the Ireland. 
Okay. No, it gets a little bit more complicated after that. So we don't want to go too too deep into it after oh, that geez. because it does. It, it it breaks up and it goes into knockout stages and the competition yeah. at the end. And obviously that's where big, the big money will be involved going forward or into that competition. So yeah, yeah. and it goes into the silver rounds for relegation promotion, and then you have the chat the NOFL championship and the fourth division. Yeah, it is pretty complicated. Both do have to say you know. Okay, so the Northern Irish teams didn't want uh, a straight one league 14 team format for the Premier Division so this is the only one this is scenario four there was six scenarios I believe this is the only format that they wanted to take and the League of Ireland teams obviously want some sort of boost to their finances and are happy to go with this so is this something that is looking likely do you think? Like I said, there seems to be a lot more positivity around it than usual, than what's just, like, it's usually just sort of a pipe dream, and, oh, wouldn't it be great to have an online league, and we have debates like we're going to have now at the moment, and what we're having, even, I have a like, online and a forum all over the country. So, I think there seems to have a bit more steam behind it, especially with the, uh, where you see 10 of the 12 NOFL Premier Division clubs writing into the UFA. So, I think, like, it was always going to be tough getting the Northern Ireland teams involved. So they seem to be slowly coming around to, to, to the idea, much more than what they have been in the past anyway. Yeah, former Shelbourne player Conan Bourne, who's now playing with Glenavon, he kind of likened it to paying for a conservatory whilst also looking at new houses, kind of stick or twists. You can't really do both. He feels that the FAI shouldn't go into an All-Ireland League and they should get their own house uh, in order. For starters, there's an embarrassing state of, of the majority of the stadia. We understand that. The lack of training grounds owned by the clubs, the absence of personnel and club offices with businesses or marketing sort of behind them, the lack of connection with local communities, the disconnect from the thousands of football fans who flock over to go to England. Uh, and further afield so he believes that you should really get your own house in order before you try and uh, so I don't know if it's, is it is it negative or is it sensible I have to say I I read what you said and he, it was a good read and there's some valid points brought up but personally I sort of ranged on the negative side a little bit I think we're always we've been saying this the past 15 years like that oh it's, it's not ready the lead is too delicate like, but when is it going to be ready? Like, it just seems to be just excuse after excuse now at this stage. Like, I'd like to get going and just see what happens. Yeah. I think if we're, like, we're going to have to wait another 15 years and, and see down the line, like, and still say, oh, a league is in the delegate. Well, even if the league is still here, like, it's just going to say it's a league in the delegate position. I think, like, it's has to come, to, it come a time that activity has started changing, especially now with the, the format that Kevin uh, Lucid and that uh, Hybrid Cube have, have presented and looking into detail about it, I think it's, I think it's pretty positive and I think now's the time that maybe we could act on it. Okay. Jared, what's your thoughts on an All-Ireland League? To be honest, Roy, my own opinion, I can't really see it happening. I think there's too many ponderables involved and as you said yourself, uh, Conan Byrne, kind of in his... Um, his article, he outlined a lot of issues within. I think I have to agree with him, to be honest. Um, there's there's lots of security issues. As you said, it's the league itself, as uh, Nathan was pointing out, it's extremely confusing. Um, 
they're they're trying to please everyone rather than just making a plan. And I just think it's not going to work. Um, I think now with the FAI for years neglecting the League of Ireland, um, I suppose they had to try something. But I think there's a new regime in the FAI now. Now, obviously, people are sceptical that it's going to change, but you have to give it a chance. Um, this new streaming deal is great for the League of Ireland, um, but it has to remain. It has to remain from this season onwards. It can't just be for one season and then dropped and forgot about. So I just think that the new the new FAI have to be given a chance. See where it goes. There's a new um, League of Ireland director in Mark Scanlon. Give him a chance. Give him time in the job, and see where it goes. But for me personally, I really can't see it happening. There's too many negatives. There's too many clubs up the north that aren't really interested. While they go into talks and kind of um, feel it out amongst everyone else, I just don't think the, the the attitude is there with a lot of the clubs. Granted, there's a, there's a reason why I, the League of Ireland clubs want to get involved because there's money on the table. But yes, nobody knows what, how much money is going to be on the table. Everything is up in the air. We're told there's going to be TV deals, X amount of money, but yet there's no deal on. And obviously, they can't make a deal until a league is is, is organised and set up. But it, it's just it's too messy for me. Is it our, is it the best chance for the League of Ireland clubs and Irish League clubs to maybe entice? the likes of Sky Sports, uh, etc., to take it up? Because I know the Irish League is on Sky Sports. Could, could this be something where it actually could work, though, and uh, with that kind of side of marketing and TV deals and etc.? It could if, if the um, attitude is there. But as you, as you said, and as Conan said in his, in his article, like Sky Sports aren't in, interested, and no, no disrespect to any of the clubs in the League of Ireland, but when you see... Finn Harps on a Monday night or um, going to some of the other um, stadiums, Talca Park is dilapidated. There's a reason for that because it just doesn't look good on TV. And un- until the grounds are developed and tidied up and made comfortable for fans to go to these games and it looks good on TV, it's never going to work, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you on that side of things. I definitely think that we talked yesterday and I'll bring this on. I was talking to Harry Kenny about it and he said himself that that's one of the biggest problems. And I mean, see the GAA get a a lot of money funded into them for the stadia and uh, Irish clubs should be looking for parity along those lines just for the infrastructure. Anyhow, yesterday I had the pleasure to chat to former Shamrock Rovers player and manager of Bray and St. Pat's. Harry Kenny, and I asked him his thoughts on an All-Ireland League. Harry, there's been, uh, there's been a recent push from clubs, not only south of the border, but now in the north too, to look into an All-Ireland League. So what's your thoughts on an All-Ireland League? I'd love to see it. I really would. I'd like to see it uh, because, you know, it's not that we're stagnated because a lot of clubs are progressing reasonably well, but... I just think you'd get more people at the games, be more interesting, more exciting. Um, at the minute, we're looking at teams playing four, four times against each other, and uh, that can become a little bit stagnant and a little bit boring. Um, I think it'd be interesting to be playing against uh, Northern Ireland teams as well. Uh, I'd certainly be all for it. I think it's a fabulous idea. Um, whether it comes off now or not is another thing uh, I'm not so sure about. The Blazers up in Northern Ireland giving up um, wherever they have gone with UEFA and that sort of thing. The, 
Well, that's I suppose that's where, that's where the discussions have to come in, isn't it? I mean, they have to really. Yeah. They're gonna fight their corner, and and rightly so to, to fight their corner because. Uh, but I mean, ten out of twelve clubs really want it. They've signed it. They want to discuss it anyhow. We we did a we did a post it up on a League of Ireland uh, Facebook group, which has about thirteen fourteen thousand. Uh, readers on it and we posted on one an Irish league one as well which is about I think it's close to 10,000 uh, for the League of right. Ireland the League of Ireland group were hands down wanted to see an All-Ireland league and it was completely right. the, completely the opposite with, with the Irish league the, the supporters were, were not up for it at all I think the biggest threat the biggest wow. the biggest threat I think they felt was that it would lead to an All-Ireland national team Oh, I see. So I think. And what's wrong with that? I, well, that's that's I suppose that's that's been the, the, the problem all along. And as you said, when you went to Limfield and to, to play your game, that there there is that bit of history behind. So I think that's the only thing. But I mean, the, the Irish rugby team do it. You know, they've played yeah, games in yeah, Satanic Cups. It, it it can only be a yeah. good thing, and it can make the league stronger and help the teams so in Europe. Which would be brilliant. Absolutely, agree, agree, Fauci. Which I mean, I mean, should leave all that stuff behind, you know, with Good Friday agreements and all these politicians working together trying to get peace, you know. And then we can't tell them we can't put uh, football together with uh, our league and their league. I mean, I think that's that's a nonsense. No. Yeah, I think um, I think it's more more the. the the fear of the thought of certain things rather than I think if it materialised uh, I think people would settle into it fairly quickly I don't think it'd be too much of a I problem think so, yeah. yeah listen yeah, I, good, I think yeah. Pat Fenlon said it the other day no, well. no one ever got hurt in dis- discussing these things so I think it's definitely something sure. that they should go for uh, yeah, no, the, the league starts back this week and your old club Shamrock Rovers have made a fantastic start to the season and with the league games reduced from 36 to 18 games and only 13 left now to play out of the 18, do managers have to approach the game and the restart any differently? Like, what would you do? How would you approach it now if you were managing in this division? Um, like, it's difficult because they've never been uh, out as long as they have been with the pandemic on. So, um, I, I don't think you approach it any differently, you know. Uh, if you were Rovers at Dundalk and you're up to getting them wins and you're top of the table, you wouldn't want to be changing it too much. Um, I'm not so sure if you'd, are they, are you allowed to use more subs than you have in the past? I hadn't heard any, I hadn't heard like that. No, I think, I think that was just because no, of summer football and we're going to go into, oh, right. we're going to go into November, aren't we? So I don't think that's a, a problem and the games will be well spaced out. So, it's not. It's. I don't think yeah. it's like the the Premier League where they they literally when you looked at the Manchester United Leicester game the other day, they were dragging their heels and tiredness trying to get around the pitch. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. I know. I don't. I don't think any of the managers have changed uh, their tact on on things. You know, maybe the teams down around the bottom might do something, but if you're up around the top half of the table, you would like to try and get back to what you were doing before the before the break. You know, and uh, just continue on as you are. Yeah. Um, I, th- I still think it's going to be between the two there at, at the top of the table at the minute yeah and Stephen Bradley um, Stephen Bradley's been in charge for over probably was it four years now and he's been under pressure fierce pressure uh, on a good few occasions with a few of the, the runs he's had but the club has been very patient with them and, and, and as a manager you must 
to, you must like to see that from a club. That's, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Now, um, to be fair to Stephen, he, he stuck out a few bad, bad times in fairness to him. And as you rightly say, Rovers being very good to him. And uh, they've probably not seen what he's doing in the background because the, their setup is fabulous up there, up in Tala, and the, the full time um, is really good. And um, they've, they've great crop of young players coming through. They've been selling a few of them. So the whole thing seems to be working well for them, you know. And uh, Bradley's leading that, in fairness. So, um, yeah, he's doing a good job there now. Yeah. Uh, But I think all managers and players now, the football can change very, very quickly. You don't get off to a good start uh, from Friday onwards. Now they'll be back on your case again and... That's it. They've got, what have they got? They have. Uh, they've won five out of five. I mean, Dundalk have only yeah. lost, lost that one, which was against Rovers, uh, a memorable game in the League of Ireland. But yeah, yeah I mean, that, you can get three bad game, games yeah. in a row, and all of a sudden you could be over. And that's probably the little bit of a difference uh, now with the the shorter season. Yeah, very very fickle. Very very fickle. The whole thing. Like uh, I left Pat like, and we were only three points off. Uh, very involved at the time with six or seven matches left, you know. Um, but it's, I was getting a lot of stick from from the supporters, you know. So yeah, it's crazy the way I was after winning. Uh, I think it was three games on the bounce, and then lost to UCD in the cup, um, and got a pile of stick. And I said, I'm not really up for that type of thing. So left then, you know. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because. We had a couple of people, told a few people that you were coming on and uh, there was a couple of questions and one was from a league, uh, St. Pat's fan and uh, now this is his question. He says, disappointing spell at St. Pat's as a manager. All right, this is his talks. He says, would he have liked more time or was it just not meant to be? Um, I would have liked more time, yes. Um, I still... uh beat myself up over that I probably could have made Europe had they stayed there as I said the earlier we're only a couple of points behind Derry and Bowles and still to play both of them and our next couple of games were sort of in Harps and UCD in the league so you know it was all to play for but I suppose the, the whole UCD thing they were after getting hammered by Bowles the previous week 10 up or something do you remember that yeah I do remember that I do remember that yes and then uh, when I saw the cup draw that we got you today, I said, that's the worst one we could have got after that result. But anyway, such is life. Life goes on, you know. Um, and would yeah, you... look, I, I had a great time at Bray and that and played some fantastic football. And, you know, there was huge amount of changes at Pats. So we probably changed too many players, you know. It's, we brought in nine or ten players and led away 11 or 12. So, you know, it was probably too much concern. Anyway. And do you feel that it was just the pressure that was starting to get to you from the fans and not the belief that you were lacking in yourself? Um, it's probably a combination of both, if I'm honest with you. Um, I have regrets about not staying on, but uh, whether they really wanted me to stay on is another another thing, you know. So uh, probably the whole thing got too much for me in the end and... Uh, I spoke to the owner Gareth and we just agreed that we would part ways. So yes. in the end it was it was no big deal, but uh ah, I'd love another go at it type of thing. But um 
especially of our, after having a bit of success with, with Ray and did reasonably well with that, should have done better. Um, but yeah, I'd like another goalie. Well, you've answered my next question. Uh, another question from a League of Ireland fan was after his experiences with, with Bray and St. Pat's, would he be slow to get back into the league or is he ready to, to, to get back in? So you're obviously ready to, to give it another go. So what I'm have, ready, yeah. What have, yeah. You, what have you learned then? Because, I mean, you're living and you're learning and that's always the way. You're always learning something no matter what age you are. So what have you, no, what have you learned you, yeah. from your experiences then as be, from being a manager? Well, in, in Bray, uh, it was very, very good. I brought the team uh, from relegate uh, a spot after Mick Cook left and we ended up finishing fifth that year. It was something like 12 or 14 wins and the bounce was fantastic. And then the following season, we finished fifth or sixth, which was really good for Bray at the time. We were playing really, really good football. Uh, and I learned, you know, well, everything was great and I didn't have to think about too much. But if I have uh, something to think about, it would be the whole pack thing. You know, when, when, when times are getting tough and that, you know, you just have to grin and bear it and, uh, you know, have, have someone good beside you that you, you can talk to with that. I had Liam O'Brien, which was an old head. You know, ex United from Newcastle is a great fella. He'd be bouncing off him every day, type of thing, you know. Does it consume um, your does it consume I, your life, uh, Harry? Big time. Big time. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though, you know, say with part one that you 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 when you don't get the right results, you don't sleep. Um, you're always thinking of the next match, the next training session, you're thinking of players, you're you're just thinking of everything, you know, it's it is. It's twenty four seven, every day. You know, it really yeah. is. And we'll be posting the full Harry Kenny interview, which covers both his play, playing career and management career, and it's a great little thirty minute listen. Okay, this week brought on probably because of the COVID nineteen effect on attendances in League of Ireland games. The League of Ireland launched, launched Watch Loi.ie. <coughs> Yes, that's uh, the League of Ireland's advertisement for WatchLOI.ie. Jared, what are the details behind it all? That's uh, a brilliant initiative by the League, in fairness, uh, Roy. Um, credit also to the FAI for getting involved in this. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a streaming option for all League of Ireland games from now to the end of the season. Um, the season pass is €55, Euro, which comes out roughly around a €1 per game, which is just unbelievable value. Um, 69 euro for if you're in uh, the rest of the world. So, like these games are be are, have the option have the, the opportunity to be seen all over the world by fans from no matter where you are in the world. So it's it's fantastic. And you can also buy games for individually for just five euros per game. Um, all season ticket holders will get free access to the season pass. So if you're a season ticket holder from any of the Premier Division clubs, you'll get access to that. 
and revenue will be split evenly across all 19 League of Ireland clubs. So that's fantastic news also. Um, I, also I also spoke to the CEO of a prominent First Division club this week. Now, he told me while the streaming of games is fantastic, the clubs in the First Division feel like they've been left behind yet again. Uh, now, most First Division clubs are left to fend for themselves regarding the streaming of their games, which in fairness to them, they have been doing. And as far as I know at the moment, uh, Galway United, Cove Ramblers and Longford can uh, streaming of their games, while others still are working on arrangements like the likes of uh, United, um, Athlone and Wexford. But all in all, it's a fantastic initiative by the FAI and the league. And I would recommend every football fan that's interested in football, whether you're a fan of the League of Ireland or not, to get involved, get your season pass. And look, it's, it's, I don't know, is it 50 or 60 games between now and the end of the season? It's, it's, a, bri- it's a brilliant thing now, to be fair. Yeah. The League of Ireland, the first division teams, I have this down myself uh, on in black and white in front of me, abandoned. Is the money evenly spread out or is it tiered? With that money, no, as far as I'm saying, it's this uh, rev- the revenue is split evenly across all the 19 League of Ireland clubs. Okay, okay, so that, that's something, I suppose. And uh, Nathan, have you purchased yours yet? Um, I haven't yet, no, and uh, I volunteered down at my, at my local club, so I've been asked to like, come down and do a few odd jobs in the match day, so I'll be doing that, but I'm gonna purchase it anyway, just. Just to put the just put the revenue back into the clubs, you know, like uh, Jared said, it's a great initiative, and it's like they are going between the nineteen clubs, it's brilliant to see, and I hope you can just keep it, just don't drop it after the season just because of COVID nineteen, just like keep it going, like as a as a way for people to be able to watch the games. Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable that they haven't taken something like COVID-19 to actually kick this on. This should have been brought in a long, long time ago. And I think, like yourself, there probably would have been very many there who would have just paid the money just to support the league. So, yeah, I I think it's, 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 it's better late than never, I suppose. But finally, this weekend, the football returns all across Ireland. So the two lads have decided to remind us of where the teams were because it's a long time since the last game and what's coming up the weekend. Jared, do you want to start off with the Premier Division? Yeah, of course. Um, as everybody knows by now, it's an 18-game season. Um, so from with five games already played by some clubs, there's 13 games remaining. Um, most games have been have staggered kick-offs for the next few weekends to facilitate the streaming of games. Um, but it's a case of a fast start is crucial from here on in. Um, after the first five games, Rovers, Shamrock Rovers have a three-point lead over Dundalk after their fabulous 3-2 win in, Tal- in Tallis Stadium in February. Foles sit a further three points behind them on nine points. Then Pat, Shells and Waterford all have two wins from them, opening four games, followed by Jerry and Finn Harp in four points. Cork struggling with just one win, a 1-0 win over Finn Harp just before the, the, the break, while Sligo prop up the table after four games with no points. I go through the games then for this weekend. Uh, in the Northwest Derby on Friday evening, Sligo will look for their first win as they travel to the Brandywell to take on Derry City. Declan Devine has brought in striker Jay Lackintunde and veteran winger during the break. That he's looking to add a couple of more players by next week. It remains to be seen if both of these players can settle quickly to make an immediate impact for Derry, but uh, to take all three points in that game. Um, and St. Pat's will meet in front of the RTE cameras on Friday with former Dundalk captain Stephen O'Donnell coming up against his former teammate. Um, striker, striker George A. Kelly won't be available for the visitors as uh, he's, his loan deal to um, St. Pat's um, has a clause in it where he can't play. 
Um, with the talent Vinny Perk has at his disposal, you'd expect a home win, but Stephen O'Donnell is still finding his feet in inch of core. On Saturday, new Waterford manager John Sheridan will find out the extent of the job at hand when he takes his newly promoted side to talk to Park. Shells will fancy their chances of taking all three points after an excellent start to the campaign, albeit five months ago. Waterford have added Michael O'Connor and Daryl Murphy, while they're also reported to be targeting both Curtis Byrne and Charlie Lyons. Difficult game for both sides, but I expect Shells to take the points. Leader Shamrock Rovers will hope to make it six from six when they face Finn Harp and Tala. They will be without midfielder Greg Bulger for the rest of the season after a leg injury, while both Graham Burke and Rory Gaffney, their main striking partnership, are also suffering injuries, so they are doubts for, for Saturday. Harps have struggled to beat Rovers over the past few years, and I, I honestly expect that to continue again on Saturday. The final of the weekend will see Carl into a difficult task as they face a had very talented Bohemian side to turn around. Bows are a very solid unit with talent all over the park and with no new additions over the break have that continuity in their side. The feat for Neil Fenn's side will see them facing an uphill challenge for the rest of the season with games running out very quickly. A point would be a great result for Cork if they can achieve it. Fenn has brought back former striker Graham Cummins for an unusual defensive role um, while Kevin O'Connor um, also joins the club from uh, after his time at Water- Waterford last season. Well, they also managed to hold on to Shane Dawling and Joseph Alou on loan until the end of the season. Yeah, that's uh, comprehensive, Jared. Fair play to you. And one of the big games of that weekend is Dundalk versus same pass, which I believe is live on telly. And Dan Kelly was talking about the, the, the new season. So Dan, SC or Tristy League season is back. A bit later than we'd, we'd all hope to be, but Dundalk now hoping to try and retain the league title. Yeah, it's been a long off-season. Basically, we've had sort of two off-seasons. It's been a couple of months since we've played a game. Obviously, the last we've, the last couple of weeks, we've played a few friendlies, which is it's good to be back. But uh, obviously, league kicks off next week, and it's, it's, it's good to be back. It's going to be a little bit different with no fans, but it is what it is at the moment. That's a new norm for the time being anyway, so uh, it'd be hard to get used to, but we should just keep going. It's Usually, the leagues are a bit of a marathon, but I think it's a bit of a sprint now at the moment, only 13 games to go. Is that the thing now that you know going in, it's basically tournament football, you know, every game could be could be seen as a cup final yeah there's basically no room for her in any of these games yeah absolutely I think the longer the season goes on obviously you're gonna you, you tend to lose a couple of games here and there but uh, you don't like we don't have to we really don't have the, the chance to lose a couple of games because I think Rovers will, will do will, are gonna go really close again this year obviously but um, we, we can't afford to lose any games we need to treat uh, treat the games as cup finals obviously and hopefully win every one of them and finally you said there about obviously playing behind closed doors the mm-hmm. Orient Park Payful Wind and Dock are doing well so they're bringing to get behind them Paul if you like playing there and then all the all the grounds around the country where, uh, with limited fans yeah it's it's difficult from the, even the pre-season games that we've been playing it's quite difficult because there's times in games where you're after the first 20 if, you, if you're not one nil up or if you're not two nil up that you you need somebody like the fans to just to push it forward and try and get a bit of momentum going but you'll have to do it yourself but we've been we've been doing well in pre-season and we're happy enough so it's I think everybody's in the same boat which is which is good and like uh, I know when we do play Rovers and Oriel Park is jammed it's the fans are unbelievable and they push us on the last time we played them there but uh, we have to just keep keep looking forward and hopefully we by the end of the season we'll be champions again hopefully Jared, you made a very good point there. It's not a marathon anymore. It is a sprint. If Dundalk, who will may may very well be under a bit of pressure now on Friday, they lose a couple of games in a row, the league's nearly over. 
I suppose it is, yeah. But it's the same for all clubs. To be fair, Ray, all right. Um, look, it's it's a diff- it's a difficult time. These these games are going to come thick and fast. Um, as you say, thirteen games. That there's no real room for error for any club. Um, I just my own opinion. I just think it's Dundalk's title. Um, I know Rovers have a three point gap, but I just think the talent that Dundalk have, especially in the the top end of the pitch compared to Rovers. They still really haven't got that that 18, 19 goal striker that they badly need. Whereas uh, Dundalk have that in Pat Hoban, and they've also added David um, David McMillan also this week brought him back to the club. Um, I just I just don't think that Shamrock Rovers have that that kind of um, that that badly needed strike force. Um, I know Dean Williams is scoring goals, but he's very young. They brought back Rory Gaffney. I think he's going to need time, plus he's injured as well. So look, it's difficult, but I just think that it's it's uh, Dundalk will overturn that three-point gap and, and take the title. Could you see both teams going undefeated, bar the games between themselves? I'm not sure. I um, I think Rovers, I think Greg Bulger's loss is, is massive. Um, I know they struggled last season, especially up in um, Bally Buffet against Finn Herps. Um, I think it was a very late goal from Greg Bulger that, that gave him the three points in the end. He's 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 a very important player for Rovers. Uh, I think when, when they struggle uh, to break teams down, he's often the one that, that um, produces the pass or produces that bit of magic. Um, also with Jack Byrne there also. Because um, I know Jack Byrne, as, as talented as he is, can often be marked out of a game and that gives the likes of Bulger a little bit of space. Uh, for him to take advantage, I just think they're going to struggle on, on occasion to break teams down, especially teams that are that are struggling at the bottom of the table and are fighting for their lives. So I just think Dundalk have that. They have that, in my opinion, more than overs. No, look, I could be wrong, but I just think that they may have that little bit extra. Yeah. The one thing that playing the robots favour would be, um, like I said, they don't have the eighteen goal uh, season striker, but you do have a lot of players in the squad that do chip in. You know, with five, six uh, goals. I think that. Could, it could add up a little bit, you know, like, um, and I might see them, especially where Rovers already been. I could see them, um, could be their year this year for me, anyway, I think. Yeah, what about Derry City, Jared? Uh, they started off not great, one win, one draw, two defeats. Surely they're better than that. Oh, definitely. Derry are a quality side, and Declan Devine is a, is a fantastic manager. Um, he brings an awful lot. He brings a lot out of his team. He brings in the right characters to the team. The only issue I have, they missed out on Junior. Junior went and, and signed for Sligo Rovers. So he was the league's leading scorer last season with Derry. His goals helped Derry get into Europe. Um, the fact that they missed out on him for whatever reason, whether it was money or what, I don't know. Um, they brought in a new uh, new striker, Akintunde. I don't know too much about him, to be honest. He's going to have to hit the ground running for Derry because they also lost Tim Nielsen. They brought in Nielsen at the end of the season. Played a couple of games, didn't really do too much, and is now gone. So they're struggling in that regard. Obviously, have to hit the ground running, or else they're they're going to struggle for goals. Um, I was surprised they brought in Adam Hamill. Um, he's 32 years of age, and very much a journeyman pro. But Declan knows him very well. He, he thinks he can get the best out of him. But at 32 years of age. Everybody knows this. The League of Ireland in these days is very much a young man's game. Um, bringing older players back doesn't always work out, and sometimes it takes a bit of time. And unfortunately, players don't have time in this shortened season with only 13 games from here to the end of the season. 
So, look, Jerry will be fighting for Europe, but I think that's the best that they can hope for this season. Yeah. Nathan, I'll let you jump in here. What about Bowes and Pats? Can they do anything special at all? Um, I think Bowes could, could be pushing for Europe this season. Uh, they have a good young squad there at the moment. Like, uh, obviously, talk of uh, Danny Mandrew leaving, which would be, would be a big loss for them. Like, he could be heading off to uh, FC20. Uh, like, the tour place now at the moment, I think that you could probably see them finishing up on towards uh, what with Pat. I don't know. It's been a, like, as you know, Mr. Pat fan myself, like, it's been a bit of a, a patchy start for the season, to say the least. Like, the two wins and two draws. It all depends how they come back and how big um, George He'd be itching to get his first goal for the club, which unfortunately can't play on Friday. Yeah, it's tough and strange for Pat. Like, I think that they need that sign of, of George Kelly, though, because if you look at clubs like that, we do it really around about the end of the season. Like, a Waterford, like, even Cork, like, they've signed decently in this window. So I think he needs that bit of boost, like, because the guy that he got in the start of the season, uh, Martin Rennie, just hasn't done it at all, just hasn't got kicking, kicking at all for Pat. And just the goals have been, they haven't really, they've been hard to come by now, to be honest. Like, honestly, scored three goals like uh, so far this season. So, yeah, the, the boost to George Kelly could see them uh, push up, maybe make a late push for you. I can, not overly I, optimistic. I can hear the, I can hear the hope in your voice, Nathan. I yeah, got, I, yeah, that's what it is. And that's what it is, I have to say. It's living out in hope, like, we're. <laughs> Like, we, we, we both, we, we, three of us know, it's going to be, uh, it's too hard to race the title, like, you know, like, Bowers, I think Bowers are pretty comfortable, I think they're, they're probably, they're the next level behind, Gamma Bowers and Dundalk, uh, Derby City, good hands out, it's some of the new sign of getting going, yeah, living in hope as a Pats fan, as you always are, unfortunately. Yeah, well, everyone starts off on the same foot again. It feels like a start yeah. of a season, so you don't really know what way teams are going to uh, kick no. on from here. So it's going to be very interesting. Nathan, do you want to go on to the first division? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, there's, uh, it's, well, the first division, there's been even less games than the Premier Division. Most, most teams only play three. Some have even played, only played two games. Uh, but in fairness, Cameron Healy have been the early support package in the first division. The top of the table, nine points, three three wins out three. They'd be looking to continue on. I think that top of the table this year, can they hold on? Do they have the substance to hold on? They seem to have a good team spirit about them. They seem to have a togetherness about them that they might not might not finish top of the table, but I could see them you now get into a into a playoff position. You never know. Uh, behind them is uh Longford. So uh both and six points. Uh, Longford have a game in hand and draw it, and they've already beaten draw uh, one nil earlier this season. We go down the fourth place. We have UCD uh, on four points. The uh, three games, they've won one game, they've lost one, and they draw one. Then we have Bray Wanderers and Bray Wanderers, uh, sorry, Bray Wanderers in fifth, and Cove Ramblers in sixth, both on three points. Then we have Galway United and Wexford both on two points. Stamford Rovers B on one point, and then Athlone Town rock bottom with uh, zero points. So, we're going to the fixtures uh, coming up this weekend. On Friday, we have uh, UCD versus Longford, already an early uh, playoff game. It could be an important game at the end of the season. Uh, Galway versus Cove Ramblers. Galway, we do expect to do good things this season. They need to take on the seven to two points. They need to quickly the start getting board, uh, points on the board. They have a big squad there, like Galway for fourth division side. It might, play, might be a factor uh, with 
short of season, you know, like do pick up any injuries. You, know, you might have the the manpower to sort of replace people that do get injured. Uh, then we have Grey Wanderers versus Cove and Athlone versus Westwood will finish up the Friday fixture. And then we go to Sunday. We have Shamrock Rovers B against Broadway United. We draw that are a lot of people's favourites to win the first division this season. And my own personal uh, favourite as well, I have to say, I think he might might tip uh, Longford to the post. I think if he draw the Longford, Kevin Peely might hand around, might finish up in third place. And I, myself, I'd expect uh, Galway, I think, make a push-up for the playoffs. I think, like I said, uh, Galway have a big squad. They have some decent players in that squad there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Like, it's only early days in the fourth division. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what does happen like, like in the sprint that is meant to come. Yeah, I was talking to Jack Toot there the other day, uh, just out for a walk, and, and he was saying that he feels that Kevin Teeley are much stronger than they were last year, and he's and the rest of the team are expecting them to challenge for that top spot. So uh, I, I think that they could be the ones. Longford, and as you said already, they're, they've, they've always been up there in the round and have always caused the problems, and... Definitely, definitely have a chance. But Trahada, yeah, they seem to be the favourites. But I'm going to go Cabin Teeley. Jared, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about Cabin Teeley. I think, as uh, Nathan said, they got off to a great start. But to be fair, they played at Lone Town, Shamrock Rovers too, and um, uh, Bray Wanderers. They caught them on the opening day of the season. I think it's kind of a false, a false lead for Cabin Teeley. Um, my own, I think Drahada United will win the league and win it comfortably. Um, it's hard to know what others Longford Town you'd expect them to challenge, but I just don't think they'll challenge um, Drahada United. Um, it's a big season for Bray Wanderers manager Gary Cronin. Um, I think he was expected Bray were to challenge last season and really didn't get into the mix. But I think they'll make a bigger challenge this season. Um, Galway United have struggled this year. They were expected to do well last season. Expected to do well this season. Got off a very poor start, to be fair. Um, I know the game against Shamrock Rovers too was 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 played in a in an absolute deluge, deluge of rain and players came off the pitch frozen. So look, you can you can disregard that result, but they definitely need to to get points. A, a win on Friday or Friday Friday night against Cabin Teeley is nearly a must for them, or else they just fall too far. Uh, Co-Ramblers they can push for the playoff. UCD they're an enigma. Um, nobody seems to know what UCD, what UCD is going to turn up. As everyone knows, they're all mostly all students. Um, and when it comes to the end of the season, they usually tail off because it's coming up to, especially on summertime. Now, that could be different this year um, with the league only starting kind of at the start of college. So you just never know with them. But my own definitely would be uh, draw the United to win the, t- to win the league and, and comfortably so. Yeah, you probably won't win too much money now putting the money on draw, I suppose. Jared, do you want to finish with a story to finish us off? Um, just the fact um, that Sligo Rovers, they're bottom of the table in the Premier Division after four games. But I think they made an absolute marvellous signing and signing of the year, in my opinion, bringing in former Derry striker, uh, Junior Ogedi, Ozukwe, and the league's leading goal scorer last season. I think it's a huge signing for, for Sligo. They badly needed someone to score goals. That's where they struggled. They struggled for the last couple of seasons. Um, obviously, Ronan Murray has been scoring uh, goals, or is fit again after his uh, move, and Ronan Coughlin is scoring goals in in kind of a second pre-season. So he seems to be getting back into form. So I think um, the addition of Junior to Sligo is massive. And I think that will in, in the, eventually keep them safe. I don't think there's anything for Sligo to, to worry about unless they get serious injuries. But I think Junior definitely will be the sign of the season. 
Yeah, Jared. Uh, from what I've heard, and I've heard Junior uh, speaking about it, he he was out in Israel and he wanted to come back because of the COVID nineteen situation. He didn't want to come back to Ireland really in the first place. I think he he got word from Derry that Derry wanted to bring him back, and and he didn't think so. He wanted to see if he could try something else, and I think time caught up with him and. Football, he wasn't playing football, there wasn't many other offers coming in and then Sligo did come in for him. So I think that's the reason why Sligo got him, probably at the last minute because Derry had done their business. So yeah, it's a, it's a real coup for them and that could keep him, that could keep them up, uh, Jared. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a big sign and I know um, Declan Devine was asked um, uh, why they did, he didn't go back to Derry and I think uh, Declan was kind of um, making the assumption that Junior was kind of keeping his options open and kind of wanted to see what was around, whereas Declan wanted him to commit and Junior wasn't wasn't fully ready to commit and Declan decided, well, that's enough, that's enough. So he went to Sligo. At least he had the option and Liam Buckley's brought in a, a class player. In my opinion, I just think it's, 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 it's a huge sign and, and uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I think Liam Buckley... Especially that they're the top Sligo from last season here, Romeo Park, so, and he doesn't, he never really replaced him. So this could be the one that... that could be the replacement and it could be something that could really save that season if Junior does kick off the way he exactly. needs it. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, what have you got to finish off? It's that was difficult to finish off. I just uh, I'm sure we all heard during the week that uh Dundalk uh Dundalk's head announcement and videographer uh Harry before passed away. I just wanted to give it a little mention like I had the pleasure of meeting Harry uh, only once or twice myself at uh, in Audio Park. Just guys, um, one, one of the good guys of the league, I have to say, if anyone met him, they, they know what I'm talking about. Really was one of the good guys of the league. And yeah, the, um, the sad bit of nails, I have to say, I, I, I got joined the week. And it's was, it was sad to say, like, so, condolences, obviously, I'm sure everybody here from the big kickoff goes out to his friends and family and loved ones and everyone involved that's on dock. Yeah, yeah ex- ex- exactly. And as everybody knows, volunteers are the heartbeat of every football club, not just in the League of Ireland, but all over the world. So definitely uh, condolences to everyone at Dundalk. Um, we're all thinking of them. Yeah, just no, no, it's not the happiest way to finish up, but it just thought it'd be a nice way to finish. Like, just like Sarah put it perfectly, like people like uh, the lifeblood of the league and uh, the heartbeat of the league and the, so people that keep the league that we love so much running. So just thought it'd be a nice way to finish up, to be honest. Yeah, condolences to him, uh, his family and his friends um, and the club as well because the, it is it's going to be a big gap left at a football club and uh, hopefully that doesn't affect them too much. Okay, listen lads, thanks very much. It's been a great show. It's a great first show. Don't forget to purchase your watch LOI.ie subscription. Even if you're not going to watch all the games, help out the league, help out the clubs and, and keep them afloat. Um, we'll be back next week uh, after a lot of matches because I think there's two rounds of matches up until the Tuesday. I think there's a couple of games uh, on the Monday and the Tuesday. I might be wrong, but I think that's correct. And we will uh, we will put that Harry Kenny full interview up over the weekend. So keep an, uh, an ear out for that because that is a good one. Jared, thanks very much for your time. Nathan, also. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks very Good much. Bye bye.